You know, this uh, universe that we live in, this little universe, is about 14 billion years old, billion with a B. And of those 14 billion years that it's been around, human beings have lived on the planet for, eh, six million. And of the six million people, six million years that we people have lived on the planet, they've been asking two basic questions throughout that whole time. Is there a God? And if there is a God, then what does that mean to me? So people have been kind of developing their own philosophy. Do I believe in God? Is this kind of hocus-pocus? Or is there actually God? And if there is a God, well then, what does that mean for me? You know, 350 years before Jesus was ever born, uh, Socrates lived, the Greek philosopher Socrates. Does anybody know who his disciple was, Socrates? Plato. So Plato. And Plato came up with this theory, this teaching called the the principle of non-contradiction. And the principle of non-contradiction is very simple. It says something cannot both be and not be at the same time. Okay, this pew either exists or it does not exist. It can't kind of exist. It's like being kind of pregnant, okay? You can't just kind of exist. Okay, and and Plato believed in gods, plural, so he said, okay, the gods either exist or they don't exist. It's a principle of non-contradiction. But a lot of people, they'll say, oh, well, you know, that's true for you, but not for you. It's kind of true for you, but not for you. It doesn't work like that. There is objective truth. It either exists or it doesn't. That's not the Catholic Church, by the way. That's Plato. Does anybody know who Plato's disciple was? Father Ben. Right? No, it was Aristotle. So Aristotle, he said this. He said uh, he argued for what's called the law of causality. The law of causality. It's a big phrase. You know what that means? It means if he said even an atheist who doesn't believe in God, if he just looks around at this universe, they can come to figure out that God actually exists. Again, it's not the Catholic Church. It's Aristotle. He said something had to set the whole thing in motion. The law of causality. Well, Father, it was the Big Bang Theory. All right, that's what he say. Well, even before the Big Bang Theory, which, by the way, was developed by a Catholic priest, Monsignor George Lamette, even before then, Monsignor Lamette said something brought that thing together. So we're still kicking the can down the road. You with me? Father, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea what this priest is talking about this morning. Okay, so fast forward to the 13th century. St. Thomas Aquinas, who's now buried in Toulouse, France. He borrowed on Aristotle and he said this. He said God is, in his phrase, the unmoved mover. The unmoved mover. In other words... Everything was set in motion, but there was something that was itself not moved. It moved everything else. It hit the first domino in this thing we call the universe. But nothing hit it first. Right? That was the 13th century. Now, 
Fast forward to the last century. There's a guy who lived at Princeton who studied under Albert Einstein. His name was Dr. Robert Dickey. He was an astrophysicist. And this is what he said. He said the same thing that Plato said. He said even an atheist, if they just look around them, they can realize that this planet was made perfect for human life. What he called, quote, the anthropic principle. You know what that means? Think about this. The air that you and I are breathing right now, perfect for human life. 21% of the air we breathe right now is oxygen. Anybody know what the rest of it is? Nitrogen. If we were one fraction closer to the sun, this planet, we would fry. If we were one fraction, one small fraction away from the sun, we would freeze to death. Okay? You think it's hot now? <laughs> All right? The gravitational pull. He said, okay, just forget about Christianity, forget about this. The fact that this planet is exactly where it should be is ideal. It's as if, I don't know, it could be somebody actually knew what they were doing. Okay? Isn't that interesting? Where are you going with this whole thing, Father Ben? I'll tell you where I'm going with this. God either exists or he doesn't. There's many different spiritualities in this world. People say, Father, look, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious, I don't trust organized religion. And then there's spirituality of, say, pluralism. What is pluralism? It means, really, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you believe in something. All these religions, they're kind of like pistachio, chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. Just pick one. As long as you've got a flavor, you're good. Still, other people, they believe in what's called agnosticism. What is agnosticism? It's from the Greek word agnos, which means without knowledge. You can't, we can't know God because he looks like this guy named, he kind of looks like Santa Claus. He lives in the clouds. So there's really no point in trying because we can't really know God anyway. So just live your life. You'll be fine. Then there's this spirit, the, uh, the spirituality of deism. What is deism? It's a clockmaker God. God sets this earth like a clock, tick, 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 tick. And he sits back and he just kind of watches us as we do our thing, you know? But he doesn't really care. He's just like, huh, right? Then there's humanism, which says we worship human beings and not God. But then we are brought to the question of this. What then is the difference between Christianity and spirituality? The difference, we would say, is spirituality is our search for God, whereas Christianity is God's search for us. The good shepherd who goes out to find his sheep. Anybody remember the poem, The Hound of Heaven? From Francis Thompson, he goes, God finds us. Okay, those of you that are parents or grandparents, I have a question for you. I want you to assume that your 15-year-old child comes to you and says, Dad, what proof, do we, what proof do we even have that God exists? What would you say? 
go ask your mother. <laughs> and when she would say, call Father Ben, and when they call Father Ben, I'd say, Domino's Pizza, can I take your order, please? <laughs> okay, so, okay, how do we know Christianity is any different? Furthermore, those of you with children or grandchildren, um, Dad, how do we know that the Bible is any different, say, from the Hindu Bhagavad Gita, the Buddhist scriptures, or the Muslim Quran? I mean, they believe those are inspired. What do you say to that? I mean, there's awesome people in those faiths, including Mahatma Gandhi. I'm not saying that you have to be a theologian. I'm saying we need to have a cogent response to this, folks. All right? Not only for them, for us. Why do you believe what you believe? Why are you here right now and not at Gibson's Donuts? Okay? Jesus is either God, like he says he is, or he's a total psychopath. Because only a psychopath would say they're God. There's nothing in between. Do you actually believe this? You know, it's funny. Um, as, a, as a priest, people sometimes come to us, believe it or not, saying that they're possessed by the devil. Yeah. And, um, so the, and this happens occasionally. And so, but what's, what's interesting is a lot of those people that come to us asking for an exorcism are not Catholic. And so, uh, not long ago, this man came, and I was talking to him, and he was saying that he's, like, possessed. And I said, well, as he wasn't Catholic, I said, why don't you go, I said, why don't you talk to your pastor? He said, Father, my pastor told me the Catholics are the ones that deal with this stuff. <laughs> I was like, nice. So about 14 years ago, I was in, in Whitehaven. We had an interfaith prayer service, right, with all these different religious leaders, from all over the city. It was awesome. It was so great. Had all these different religions, and I was about to leave, and one of the pastors, he says, Father Ben, can I, can I talk to you for a second? I was like, yeah, man. So we kind of go off to the side. He's like, can, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. It's like, do you, ever, do you ever have people come into you, Father, that say they're possessed by the devil? I said, well, you know, it, it's happened. People have said that. He said, well, recently this man came to me and said he's possessed by the devil. <clears throat> he's possessed by the devil. And I said, what'd you do? He said, I sent him to you. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, man. Don't do me any favors, brother. Thanks a lot. But, you know, people have these, they have these uh, different beliefs. The truth is this. If people themselves don't believe in God, they will easily make a God out of themselves, what we call narcissism, which basically means I create a God that's based around my ego. doesn't matter if I'm sleeping around because there's no consequences. I know plenty of people that do this. doesn't matter. So the Holy Trinity becomes me, myself, and I. Right? Nothing, nothing matters. Do you actually believe this is my point with all this, folks? And if you do, are there consequences for that belief? What I mean is what, is, what is it that I should be doing? I'll close with this. 
Gentlemen, those of you that are married, at some point, did you go down on your knee and say, honey, will you, will you marry me? Can you imagine if you went to your wife and said, you will marry me, woman? Okay, you'd be living with the celibate priest in the rectory. No, you go, does anybody know, by the way, where that tradition came from to go down on your knee? It started in medieval times with the knights. And when a noble woman would walk by, the knight would bend down and put his hand out to offer respect to this woman. That's where it comes from, okay? True love of any sort always involves free will. It always involves free will. You know, yesterday we had a wedding and we were standing right here, and this is, this is what I asked the couple. I said, have you come here freely and without reservation to give yourselves to each other in marriage? And if they don't say yes, I can't marry them. It's all, it's off. Have you come here freely and without re reservation? Nobody's twisting your arms. When I was ordained in 1812, <laughs> the bishop himself asked me the same question. He said, Father Ben, have you come here freely and without reservation to be ordained? Because if I say no, he's like, you got to go home, man. Genuine love always involves free will. As human beings, we do not act out of instinct like animals. God has given us free will. You do, I don't have to tell you, if you look around this world, you see a whole lot of people that use their free will in a horrible way. We have a life given in order to be given away. Everyone who finds his life will lose it, but if you lose your life, you will find it. You will find meaning in your life by giving your life away. Just like somebody else. Can I make a humble suggestion to you? Use your free will well, and you will find happiness.